Miss Oni, big round of applause, guys. Amen. Shortly after uh, Betty started coming to church, her husband was involved in a car accident that like to took his life. And uh, I believe that God intervened and kept him around. Amen. 
So we're blessed for that tonight. And how many got someone that they truly love, that they really love with all their heart? How many know that time is a commodity that we can't get back? It can be taken away from us so quickly. I'd like Brother Mike to come. You guys give Brother Mike a round of applause. And I'd like Mike to share his God story with you guys tonight. Amen. Thank you, brother. He's not nervous or shy or any of that stuff. <laughs> so, so we're so blessed to have him tonight. You can stand behind the door wherever. I love you, brother. Thank you for doing this. After this morning, Pastor Mark, I don't know, I guess he thought Tony Robbins was coming. <laughs> so I took a few notes because I really didn't have that much to say. But I'm Michael Kozar. Most of y'all probably know me as Betty's husband. So, <laughs> so, but I'll just tell you a little bit about what happened. A year ago today, I'm laying in a coma from, and like he said, an accident. A year ago yesterday, I was coming home from work, and I fell asleep. And I hit the back of an 18-wheeler that was stopped. And uh, I received 10 broke ribs. I shattered my sternum. And I had 140 stitches put in my head. And uh, like I said, it was rough. It was rough. Like I said, I, I can remember waking up just before I hit that vehicle and knowing. last thing I remember saying is, this isn't good. And uh, I don't know if it knocked me out or if I just was there. But I remember after the accident sitting in that truck, you know, saying, I'm not going to die in this truck. There's no way. I, I refuse to die. And I got out of that truck, and I walked to the back of my vehicle. And the pain, 10 times more pain than I ever felt in my life. It was just terrible. And I sat down, and I, I couldn't breathe. I couldn't breathe, so I flipped over on my hands and knees to try to breathe. And it looked like my head was in a faucet, just blood was pouring. And at that moment, I, was, I, I got nervous and scared, thinking, Lord, I may not make it. And a little Hispanic man came. Don't know where he come from, don't know anything. But he wrapped a towel around my head, and he asked me if I knew Jesus. And I told him I did, and he prayed for me. And like I said, it wasn't long after that the ambulance got there. And they got to loading me up, and, and on the way there, the woman in the ambulance held my hand and prayed for me. And when we got to the hospital, they was taking me out, and a nurse come out there, and I can remember saying, oh, my God. And usually when a nurse says that, you know, I'm like thinking, oh, Lord, this is, I, I'm really not going to make it. And, uh, but she prayed for me also. And I'm laying there, and I'm telling my God, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I can't breathe. And she was pretty rough with me and told me, no, I'm not because I'm talking to her. <laughs> and, and, and like I said, and somehow or another, I, I was able to give the nurse my wife's phone number. And like I said, I got, a, got 140 stitches in my head. And, and, and when it hit me, it just peeled it back. They said, you can see my skull. But I'm laying there, and they're steadily slapping my skin back on me. Finally, they took a staple gun, and they stapled my head. And that's the last I remember till 18 days later and I come out of a coma. But uh, I, my wife have told me that they've called her and she come. 
And anybody that has a loved one, when the hospital calls you and they meet you at the front door and tells you to brace yourself that it's okay, you, you know, you, it's a sinking feeling, I'm sure. So, but she come in there and she said it was terrible. But like I said, here I am, I made it through. But I was in the coma and they had to put a trach in me and they tried and tried to take it out for three days and I, I couldn't breathe, I couldn't breathe. They just had to keep putting it back in. They couldn't, they didn't know why. Why can he not breathe on his own? And a nurse come. And like I said, I don't know who this nurse was. I don't know if he was my nurse or if it was just another nurse at the hospital. I do not know. But I know that nurses or doctors do not like nurses telling them what to do. But this nurse said, man, it sounds like that man's lung is full of fluid. Y'all should look at that. So the doctor said, well, maybe we'll drain his lungs. And they drained over two liters of blood out of my lungs. And in the next two days, like I said, I, I was able to breathe. But I don't know who that nurse was. To me, he was an angel that came. Because, I, I, you know, why couldn't the doctors figure that out? You know, it's just amazing how things happen. But if you think prayer doesn't work, look at me. Because, like I said, it started from the time of accident, from the man that prayed for me. Then the paramedic prayed for me and the nurse prayed for me. None of these people knew me, none of them. But they believed enough in God to pray for me and, and help me. And then y'all came and y'all all prayed. And I have family in Skidmore that are Catholics. And they did a nine-day prayer. I think they called it a novemi. Uh, you know, I'm not sure. Then I had people in whole days at it from my coworkers. Their church prayed for me. I had all these people praying. And God is probably wondering, who is this man that has all these people, Catholics and everybody, praying for him? You know, maybe we need to keep him around and just see what happens. And so he did. I believe he did. Uh, I've got off track so much. Who knows where I'm at? But, but like I said, me and Betty has come to the church about a year and a half for my accident. And I've been a couple of times before that accident. But ever since then, I have come. And I grew up in the church on and off again, on and off my whole life. But I want you to know that my faith is stronger now than it's ever been. Y'all embrace me from the time I come here. And many of y'all said, well, you never speak. No, I never speak. And I probably won't speak much either. <laughs> but needless to know that I do appreciate it, and y'all are in my heart. And like I said, and prayer does work. And maybe Pastor Mark's friend that has the Catholic mother, maybe they can get a hold of them and do the nine-day pray for him. Because many months ago, Pastor Mark, he prayed. He prayed for us, and he asked us to pray for him and his family. And from that day on, I have prayed for him every day for him and his family, and my family, and many other families. But we all should pray for Pastor Mark, for his health and all, because prayer works. Tell your friends, tell your coworkers to pray. The more prayer there is out there, God will recognize. And I'm sure he has a lot more work to do for the Lord before he goes. And we can't have him go yet either, because I'm not ready. All right.
I've said in 11 years of preaching, Brother Mike, you made me cry tonight. I, uh, I have said that nobody knows if they're going to make it home or not. But people keep living the same way, doing the same thing. And there's no guarantee for tomorrow. I was thinking about Brother Mike, and I remember going and praying for him. And I asked God, I said, God, what are you going to do with this man? And I wonder if this man's going to serve you with all of his heart when he gets out of here. And I remember when he came back to church and how the church just loved on him and prayed over him. And I've watched that man serve God week after week, month after month. He was invited to give his testimony at another church, and he gave his testimony here tonight. None of us are promised tomorrow, folks. If you brought a Bible, open it up to Ephesians 5. If you want to make an impact with your life, you've got to do one thing. You've got to take control of your time. Your time is your life. If you don't learn to manage your time, you won't go very far in life. How many understand that tonight? Time management is important. Time management is so important. What we do with our time. God knew it was important. That's why he put this scripture here for us to learn to live by. How many feel like sometimes we're in a rat race? And the moment we get off work, we got to go do a thousand things. And then we lay down. we got to get up in the morning. we got to go do a thousand things. And then we get off work and we got to do a thousand things. And it seems like we never get time because we're so busy. That's one of Satan's tricks to keep us busy. You know what busy means? Being under Satan's yoke. Satan is so clever. He gives us so many toys. He gives us so many opportunities to be here and there and everywhere. Sometimes he blesses us financially. Sometimes those, that money, that raise, if you're not careful, you won't understand that didn't come from Satan. I mean, come from the Lord, it came from Satan. He would love to bless you too so that you'll get away from God. Just ask the man who owns the Kraft Macaroni and Cheese plant. I preached about him several times. If you don't learn to manage your time, you won't go very far in life. Ephesians 5, got my Bible? 5.17 says this. Be very careful how you live. Do not live like those who are not wise. Live wisely. I mean that you should use every chance you have for doing good because these are evil times. So do not be foolish with your lives, but learn what the Lord wants you to do. We all have the same amount of time every week. How many know, how, how many know, how many know exactly how many hours a week we, we get? We get 168 hours a week. That's what God gives us. I did the math. He gives us 
168 hours a week. That's a lot of hours. And we're supposed to live those hours wisely. Not foolishly, but wisely. He says in his word to live wisely because we're living in evil times. And things want to take our focus off God. Material things want to take our focus off God. Activities want to take our focus off God. God tells us to live wisely. We all, we all have the same amount of time every week, 168 hours. I'm sure Mike had put in a lot of hours. He was probably tired. He was probably stressed. He was probably overwhelmed. And then he fell asleep behind the wheel, and it almost took his life. It's what you do with those 168 hours that I've learned counts. You know, we were real busy this weekend, had a lot of things planned. But I knew that allowing that family to have their memorial service here for their kids was something that I need to give my time to. There are things that arise like a phone call from a friend. There are things that arrive as someone comes over to the house. There are things that arise that we got to give our time to because God says that's very important. It's what you do with yours that counts. You only have a certain number of days you're allotted in this world. You only have a certain allotted days that you God has given you in this world. And Tammy, when your time's up, you can't stop it. When the clock stops tipping for all of us, there's nothing we can do about it. If you waste your time, you're wasting your life. Can I speak to you for a minute? If you waste your time, you're wasting your life. That's why it's so important for us to do the right things, be around the right frame of mind, get in the Word, study the Bible, change our lives, grow closer to God each and every day. If you kill your time, you're committing suicide. Your time is your life. You have to stop and ask, is this the best use of my time? Is this the best use of my life? You don't have time for everything. The good news is that God doesn't expect you to do everything. I know I can't do everything. You can't do everything. But we can take a look at what we're doing. Does it have purpose? Does it have meaning? Is it going to last forever? I don't want to feel guilty at the end of the day about what I did. So I try to include God in all my plans. And whatever I do. That's a great way to really get close to God is including Him in what you're doing. Whether it be a family outing, time with friends, a vacation. Include God in those plans. So you don't have to feel guilty about it. Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, people come to churches all over the world out of guilt for what they did the week before or the night before. I come to church because I want to grow my relationship with God. Can I let you in on a little secret? I don't come to this church because y'all pay me. I come because I want to get closer to God. I come because I want to learn from God. I want to hear from God. I don't come to this church because I'm the pastor of this church. I come because I know God is here. The Holy Spirit's here. He's working here. I want to be a part of that. 
I've learned one thing in being in sales, that effective people figure out how to use their time. They spend more time doing things that are important and less time doing things that are trivial. I'll be 44 next month. 44? (laughs) 44, Brother Vic. I'm still looking good, though. I got some gray hair, brother. 44, Miss Connie. My daddy died at 54. So what do I got left? 10 years, maybe? Who knows? I may not have tomorrow. But I know I got now. I know that God has given me right now, this very moment, and how I'm spending this minute, how I'm spending this minute is important, Jared. That last kiss of Matthew before you leave the house, that looking back and saying, Ann, I love you, you sure made me look good. (laughs) That phone call to your mom and dad telling them you love them. That text message, hey, Dad, I love you. Mom, I love you. Maybe the last text you ever send or the last one they ever got. Time is so precious. Someone told me this morning, you ran over a lot. You ran, all, you ran over a little bit. Yeah. I wasn't on your clock. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't on your clock. <laughs> I, I, was, I was on assignment. You see... Bible says, work as, as you're working for the Lord. Do as you're doing for the Lord. That's how you manage your time. You can't eliminate all the trivial in your life, but you can reduce it. This sounds easy, but frankly, it's hard. It's difficult to choose what's best for your life and what's the easiest for your life, especially when you're tired. When you're tired, You don't want to do the best things. You only want to do what's easy. That's why if you're really going to make something out of your life, you have to learn to get some rest because life ain't easy. (laughs) Somebody hear that? Anybody ever broke down on the way home? You're tired. you're, You're ready to get off. Chicken fried steaks on the stove. You know that the game's about to be on. Air conditioner's blowing cold. You've been in the heat all day. You got your mind on pulling in that driveway at 6 o'clock, and all of a sudden, tire goes flat. Truck, truck went down. Motor, motor uh, uh, belt broke. And now you're on the side of the road. Life has a way of pulling us over to the side of the road. And if we're not rested, it'll cause us stress. It'll cause us frustration. It'll cause us heartache. That's why if you're going to make something out of your life, you have to learn to get some rest. So when those unexpected things happen, if you're not rested mentally, you won't be able to take it. How many do we see lose their mind when little things happen? Mentally, you won't be able to take it emotionally, I see some people break down sometimes over the smallest, craziest things. Emotionally, they go crazy. I'm like, man, if you only had to deal with half of what I had to deal with, and you're going crazy over this? That don't make no sense to me, but I love you. 
I believe it's because they're not resting in God, resting in His goodness. And when things happen and they can't handle it, they stress out, they break down, they collapse, they go back to their old ways a lot of times. That's why rest is important. If Mike could back up before that day, I don't think he would now because he's closer to God than he's ever been before, but he would probably say that he wished he would have rested more. He wished he'd have, he would have rested more. If you're not rested, you won't have the mental, emotional, and physical strength to say, I'm going to do what's right. Don't waste your life. Don't settle for second best. Don't go through life just existing. You were created not just to coast through life, but to manage your time because you have a mission and a purpose. That starts by asking one question. Watch this. Is what I'm doing the best for my life? Is what I'm doing, how many have ever asked that question? Is what I'm doing the best for my life? If whatever you're into is Ask God, is this what's best for me in my life right now? You'll know. He'll tell you. God don't put us where we ain't supposed to be. We put ourselves where we're not supposed to be. I want to use my time wisely, and I encourage my brothers and sisters in this church tonight to use their time wisely. Mary and me were talking on the way to church tonight. And I said, I wonder when that day is going to come when it's just you and I. And she said, I don't know. I feel like it's around the corner. I don't know. They may never go away. I don't know, Lord. <laughs> I don't want them to go away, really, to tell you the truth. But my time with you is very important. I look forward to those days when it's just me and her sometimes. Y'all look forward to the days that you have to spend with your family and your wife and your children. Because Miss Betty, she was almost a widow. But God kept old Mike around for tonight. So that you'd hear this message, get some rest. Pay attention to your relationship with God. It's all you got. Have people in your life that pray for you. There's power in prayer, folks. God bless you guys for coming tonight. I think the elders want to come and say something tonight. Amen. Is that true? I want them to come right now, but I want to pray as we close tonight. And I think they have some refreshments and stuff. And I am so blessed for this church. Give this church a big round of applause. Amen. just an amazing place let's pray together folks father in heaven we come before you and we thank you for every minute every day every hour father that we get on earth that we may impact this world and impact others lord father help us to grow stronger and closer to you with the time that we have the 168 hours that you give us this coming week may we keep you in our heart on our mind and in our mouth, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. 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 Bless you guys.